You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host of The Art of Parenting. And today I wanted to share a conversation I had a while back with my guest. And when I say a while back, it is pre-pandemic conversation, so we have no clue what is about to happen. But I still wanted you to hear these because I think they are still very pertinent, make total sense, and are a wonderful support to my listeners, to parents. And on that note, to support you, I also just created something that I think you might appreciate. It is called the 50 Confident Boosting Activities for Young Children. It is my guide, my gift to you to really hone in on some of these activities that children can be doing at home. And especially during summertime, this is a great time to be setting some of these up. These are valuable for children um, maybe to 18 months to, to about six years. And they're just, for me, always these kind of prerequisite to bigger activities that they will be doing. So you're setting the foundation in helping them master some life skills. So please enjoy. The download is in the show notes. This is a free download, free gift for you. And please enjoy this interview and let me know what you think of it. All righty. Take good care. Bye-bye for now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host for The Art of Parenting. And today I have a special guest, uh, Melanie Phillips. And Melanie goes by This French Mom on Instagram. And I reached out to her because she is, uh, like myself, a French mom living in the U.S., and uh, she's a Montessori parent, uh, has a Montessori home and all of that. And I just wanted to have a conversation with a mom who is invested in the Montessori approach at home and also raising her three boys uh, bilingual. So welcome, welcome, Melanie. It's good to have you here. Thank you for making the time. Thanks for having me. Okay. So, um, Melanie, I always all like to start uh, with my guests to ask them how they would define the art of parenting. Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like asking it. <laughs> uh, I, I, mean, I do believe it's an art because, I mean, parenting is not necessarily easy every day, but I think it can be something that's very enjoyable. Um, it, it, it's a balance. It's, you know, it changes every day. And that I think that's why it's an art. It's because 
it's different for every child and I have three boys so I know it's different for every one of them and it's also different all the time once you figured out what works for one well it gets into another phase and then you have to relearn everything again so I don't know if it's really a definition but that's kind of my take on parenting it's it's not a one one feet off kind of thing it's it's really follow your child Right, right. Which is which is the the beautiful uh, Montessori philosophy about just following the child. So yes, perfect, perfect. And I would love if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Kind of tell us a little bit about you know your background and how you came to do the work that you're doing uh, today, and and just explain a little bit about uh, that work. So I'm uh, originally. Uh, structural engineer. Uh, we found our first Montessori school when I went back to work when my oldest was 12 weeks old. We found a Nido, which we really looked like out because it was such a good school. And that's really when I started learning more about Montessori was through that school and through the training. And then, you know, it's like it's really good for him. So we did some more blogging and things. And then, I mean, I read some more blogs and things. And then as time went by, I had a second child and then I got pregnant with a third one and I stopped working. So when I stopped working, I started kind of blogging about parenting. Uh, I mostly blog about, you know, activities, a little bit of a Montessori, a little bit of bilingual because we're a bilingual family. And I also kind of do a lot of art activity. And right now um, I just started a, an art box subscription. So it's, that's that's how it started. I just had, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom and wanted to share my passion and, you know, Montessori and art and bilingual is what I really like. Perfect, perfect. And for those uh, listening who might not know what a nido is, a nido is the uh, Montessori environment that starts at 12 weeks. So it was created really for families where both parents are working outside the home. Um, so that that I just wanted to, to explain that because Melanie put both her uh, first children in a Montessori environment starting at 12 weeks. And you were actually saying when we were talking offline that that was difficult. Can you can you talk a little bit about that, about the, the parenting and having to go back to work? Uh, yes, yeah, so I worked until my oldest was four. So I went through two kids going back to work. And I think letting go of your child when he's 12 weeks old is very hard. But then it's got some benefits, you know, it's everything's balanced. So in a way, it's hard because at 12 weeks, you're meant to be on your chest. You know, so you're still teeny little infants. But at, the same time, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to be able to go out and have be an adult and kind of use your brain. And, and I'm not saying I don't use my brain anymore, but it's, it's a different, you know, I'm home all day with a toddler right now. It's kind of a different dynamics. But 12 weeks is hard. Yeah, yeah. I was just reading yesterday in a, uh, it was on a Facebook group or something that I was on for uh, newborn moms. And there was one woman, and I forget where she was from, but it was somewhere in Europe. And she was saying that maternity leave is three years which I was blown away because that is just amazing. And how, how delightful 
that we could have, you know, those first three years uh, nurturing our children at home. So, but yes, 12 weeks is definitely hard. It actually is three years in France right now. It is? Yeah. It is actually three years in France. Yeah. Well, you don't get, you don't get your full pay, but you get like, I think it's 40 or 50% of your pay. And you've got your job back after three years. Yes, guaranteed. Yeah, that's that's amazing. They have to take you back. That is definitely pro family, pro family uh, <laughs> government. So yes, wonderful. Yeah. So why um, why start this uh, art box subscription? You were you you were mentioning what is what do you find important in um, creating artwork with your children? I think a lot of it, and there are, it's a two-pronged thing to me. It's like the first one is like the creativity. I really enjoy process art, which a lot of what you find, it's craft. It's, you know, oh, here's what you're going to build, and everybody does the same. It's good because it teaches you techniques and things like that on how and fine motor skills, but it's not as creative as it could be. So I really en- enjoy the process art thing, which is, my art box is mostly process art as well. And then on the other side... Uh, I was going to say, could you explain a little bit th- that that nuance with process art um, and craft for our listeners? Sure. So craft is more, mostly, um, you know, everybody does a penguin. And I'm just randomly picking a penguin. But everybody's going to do a collage penguin. So you have a finished product and everybody works towards a finished product. So those are great for technique, for cutting, for gluing, fine motor skills. They're perfect for that. There is an advantage for them. But a process art is more like, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to put some paint and you can put it however you want. And then we'll put some glue and some Epsom salt on it. And, you know, it's a snowstorm and nobody is going to have the same results. It's everybody's going to have a different snowstorm. Somebody's, some of them are going to have way too much Epsom salt, but they love it. It's just a lot of it. Some are going to have a little bit. All the results are different, and then they can be creative about it. Mm-hmm. They can do as much, as little as they want. They can do what's fun, and then they can experiment with it. Like, oh, what does it do if I do the glue before or the glue after or the Epsom salt before or after and if I mix it that way. So it's more of an experimenting and seeing what the results is going to be and, and how things change. And and really experimenting with different mediums and such. So so techniques. Yeah. And you still learn you still learn the techniques, you still learn the different mediums. Uh, you know, my the box the for February has got some printing with bubbles. It's got the snowstorm I was describing, which is kind of a free thing. And there is even some sewing. And it's just, you know, it's an embroidery ring with some floss and some beads. And you can go ahead and sew however you want. And you can use the beads or not. It's very open-ended. And they also include a little bit of, uh, I draw visual recipes. Okay. So all each box has a visual recipe that you can follow at home. And I know the visual part is actually something I learned from Montessori. It's really for pre-readers to be able to kind of mostly do it themselves with some assistance from their parents, obviously. Right. But right. my six-year-old by now can mostly follow a visual recipe all by himself. 
Wonderful, wonderful. So at home, do you have like a, you know, a section of your house that is kind of dedicated to that creativity and, and you have the different mediums that the children have been experimenting on? So yeah, we have a kind of a playroom art room. It's not really a room, it's kind of the end of the, of the wall. Uh-huh. In the living room, uh-huh. we kind of share a space with the living room, and it's one wall. And there are our play shelves with kind of like their toys, their cards, their things like that, their duplos. And then we have an art cart where they have everything they want that's available. And it's what's available are things that you know are not too messy. I know they know how to take care of them, use them, put it away. And then there's a little art table which is just a standard little Ikea table. And then we kind of hang their artwork on the wall back there. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and so I'm, I'm being a little bit, you know, the devil's advocate, because I can, I can hear some of my listeners saying, Oh, my gosh, that sounds really messy. So you did, you did kind of mention that, like, you know, we were, we're careful that it's not things, it's things that they can do independently, that's not going to get too messy. What about the your toddler that is uh, there at home during the day? And because and, I know that that's a question that I get a lot from families who want to set up a Montessori environment at home, but they have different ages, different, you know, different um, developmental needs. And one of the struggles that I know comes up a lot is that the younger one is getting into the older, you know, child's belongings and ends up, you know, messing it up and such. How do you deal with that with having three, uh, three boys at home? So right now, um, for a long time, he couldn't reach the top shelf of the art cart. So everything that was say markers, scissors, pencils, he loves drawing. So anything he could grab, he would grab it and draw anywhere on the house. It's, it used to be on the top shelf and now it's moved in the kitchen. So the playroom is actually between the kitchen and the living room, kind of on the side. Uh-huh. So those supplies are now kind of in a corner of the kitchen where the big guys can get it, but he can't. Okay. I had to move it away because I can't have him be using those all the time. Right. The rest, like the paint that he can't open yet, they're still there. Uh, the Play-Doh, you know, they are in a closed container. It's still there. He actually likes Play-Doh. He'll bring me the container and then I open it for him. And, you know, I'll just give him the Play-Doh. So he's still able to grab what he wants, but he can't open it yet. So he brings it to me, so I open it. But everything like the markers, the scissors, anything that's dangerous, uh, it's it's actually away right now. Right. I had to away. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing that because it's something, you know, that, that I like to talk about is how we really observe what the children are needing and, and how they're able to, you know, provide for themselves. But at the same time, we need to constantly be kind of, you know, changing the environment so that, uh, so that we're, we're staying safe so that we're not, you know, letting the little ones get into things that we will regret <laughs> and and things like that. So, so beautiful. Yeah, wonderful. 
And what have you found to be kind of uh, like the, the, the core values for you that really made you, you know, fall in love with Montessori and wanting to bring it into your home? Because, you know, from, from what you said, you know, with your oldest just having to go back to work, choosing this Montessori Nido has seems like it's opened up a whole world for you. And and so what are kind of the 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 foundation or the values that you why you've invested your time? So I I really believe we lucked out. And you know, I had a baby, I was looking for a daycare. He was maybe six weeks old. And we went to probably four or five daycares. And I kind of left with that, I'm not leaving my child here feeling. Mm. It was, it, it's just, it didn't resonate with me. There was something that was missing and I can't really explain it. It's just, you know, you leave holding your child thinking, I'm not going to leave him there. And then on the way home, there is, a multi-story that was 10 minutes from our, our house. And we're like, well, there's a multi-story school and it's advertising. They have, you know, they started 12 weeks. And I heard multi-story is good. I didn't really know much about multi-story at that point, but I heard multi-story is good. So we went there and we visited and it was like love at first sight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was warm. The teacher were kind there was there was a warmth that the others didn't have. And one point my husband always brings, and he really resonated with both of us. But they, they, they gave us a tour of the entire school because the infant room probably had eight kids. It was a very small, you know, it's really for working parents. It's not their, it's not their main goal, you know, it's really to help working parents. And they gave us a full tour of the school and I remember them talking to a toddler and the toddler was just running around like, you know, like a toddler does. And I remember the teacher going down to his level on her knees, looking him in the eye and saying, hey, I see you have a lot of energy. Would you like to calm down and stay in the room or would you prefer to go run outside? And right away, the toddler is like, I'll stay here. He took a job, sat down and did his job. And I think that that philosophy of respect, that was like, whoa, that is what I want for my child. That is how I want to raise my child. And it's a philosophy of respect. And then it's also the philosophy of following your child and helping their interest. It's really what made me passionate about Montessori when I started to know more about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and you brought up a, a wonderful point too of really following kind of that mother intuition that you had when you were you know going and visiting other daycares and I know that's something that I really want parents to do when they are looking for care outside of the home is to really go and take the time to observe like. Do you do you feel good about leaving your child there? And and you know you describing the other ones that you saw is just obvious that it's it's difficult. And and you know sometimes the people aren't as fortunate as you are to have you know bumped into bumped into this delightful Montessori school. But still, like go and observe and take the time to really 
tune in to, you know, what is my child going to thrive in this environment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important. Very important. And so have you done any um, like Montessori studies or you're you've just, uh, you know, read the books and, and know a little bit or have you um, are you at all interested in training yourself to be a Montessori teacher someday? You know, I have read a lot of books. Um, I've taken some classes. Um, I took some classes with um, and I took an online class kind of a six-week thing with uh, Jasmine at 3MM Montessori for the elementary for the, for the elementary child. Okay. Because I was totally clueless about elementary, but mostly it's self-study, you know, books, things like that. Um, I, you know, I would love at some point to actually do the full training. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Right now, I don't really have time. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I don't know if I have the need because uh, my my little one will probably start in the toddler room part time in the fall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know you'll be well taken care of. And my oldest is going to start elementary in the same Montessori school. So, you know, it's I don't know if I actually have that need. Right. But. I feel like it would be an amazing personal development. It, it truly is. That's why. That's why I was asking because I don't know if you know. You know about me. I I went back to school at forty three after you know twenty years in advertising and such, and and it was like you say, it was an amazing you know development course yeah. on yourself and just. Um, just relearning so many things, you know, just the whole math curriculum and all that. It was just so much joy and just made so much sense to how, how it's taught. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and my personally, my only regret was that I did that like kind of late in life (laughs) so that, you know, when I found myself in the classroom with 24 little ones, I was exhausted very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you're, if anybody's listening and you're thinking about it and you're, you've got energy, go for it now because it's, it's just delightful. Um, It's just wonderful. Wonderful. And, and just, um, if you could share, I mean, if you're okay sharing a little bit about kind of your own upbringing and how that is different in the way that you are raising your three boys. Oh, um, it was very different. Yeah. It was, it's kind of actually a little opposite. Mm -hmm. I'm very laid back on some things that my parents were very strict and then I'm much more strict on some things my parents were very laid back such as um such as and I'll give a few examples but um you know I was to them the the grades and the studies was one of those really important things in life right you know you had to have grades and I was great at it because I was great at listening I I was great at listening what to what other people were telling me, and I was great at doing what people wanted me to do, not necessarily what I wanted to do. Right. Which, you know, I ended up being an engineer, and meh, after 10 years of practicing, I never liked it. This is not what I would have done if I had been able to pick. Mm. So I'm kind of the opposite on that. I will really follow my children, and I think part of my 
my finger about Montessori is that, I mean, I was a test taker. I could take any test and pass. And I would go, I would study, take the test, pass, and forget everything about it. Right. I want my children to love learning. I think loving learning is one of the most important thing you can do for yourself. Definitely. So that's one point. But then my parents also did everything for us, you know. And when my parents come, they still do everything for my kids, which kind of, you know, ruffles some feathers. But, you know, <laughs> that's okay. They're being grandparents. But it's okay. <laughs> they're being grandparents and it's okay. But they will, you know, they will... We, we have a few basic things. The kids take their plate to the table. They set their own table. When they're done eating, they put it back to the table. Well, my parents can't let them do that. They have to, you know, pick it up and do it for them. But it's a lot of things for them. And they kind of think that, you know, being, we made, make them, you know, once in a while they have to vacuum out of their chair, which always helps. They're little guys, I understand. So they'll do it. They'll do what they can and I'll finish. My parents think that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but I think it's kind of a different type of upbringing and a different type of uh, of generation, and we're kind of opposite here. Yeah, on what we do. So yeah, and and I always like to ask, like, how do you, you know, what, what how how do you have a conversation with your your parents who might not understand? how you are raising your children you know it, it's it's almost like when we have relatives that come into our home and are in in opposite to how we're raising it's almost like we're having to set boundaries of you know this is this is how it's done in this house how do you how do you deal with that do you just when when they're visiting you kind of just let go and know that it's just temporary or do you try to set boundaries also with your own parents as to, you know, this is the way we do it in our house and such? So um, at first we tried to make them see the point of view. I even bought a French. I mostly read in English nowadays because, you know, I live in the U.S. It's my, it's my main language. But I actually bought a French book about Montessori. Kind of tried to go over it with them, kind of explain them how it went. That did not work. Okay. So now it's more, I I don't see them very often. They live in France. I live in the U.S. We see them, you know, two to four weeks a year. In my opinion, it's not really worth the fight. Just let it go. It's how the grandparents work. And it's fun for two to four weeks. And, you know, it's okay. So... I tend to be a lot more laissez-faire. Yeah. And do you, do you, uh, do the boys like notice the difference when grandparents are there? Like do, do habits get uh, changed a little bit once like you have to, to kind of revert back when they leave? So it's actually very different depending on the children. Uh huh. You know, they're all different. My four-year-old is a go-getter. He wants to do everything himself. He does not like people to do it for him. So it doesn't really change that they're here or not. They'll try to do it for him. You'll say, no, I do it. And he does it and he's fine. On the other hand, my six-year-old kind of goes, oh, grandma and grandpa are doing everything for me. That's awesome. Right. I'll let them do 
do it for me. And then when they leave, it takes a week or two to get back on track. And, you know, here are the things you should be doing at home. And here's what we expect you to do in our house. Right. So it really depends on the child. It depends on the child and, and, you know, that plane of development that they're in too because it's true the six-year-old is like hey i'm gonna get somebody to do it for me this is awesome so that's yes yeah that's funny that's great and uh just to to kind of wrap things up i always like to ask, ask a more personal question and that is you mentioned um that you have three boys your eldest you told me was six Um, So if you were to go back to maybe seven years ago when you were expecting your first child, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? I think uh, I would say be more relaxed. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I was very nervous. I was never I was the youngest of my family. I had never really been around babies and I had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I think I was trying too hard. You know, I was trying to get him to sleep too hard. I was trying to interact too much. I was trying to do too much. Well, when my second one was born, I was, you know, a little more relaxed and, you know, he kind of fell asleep when he needed to. And, Sometimes you just lie on his blanket and love just looking around and was happy just looking around. So I think it would be like, take it easy. Right. <laughs> you know, don't don't overdo it. Right. And it will be, it'll be fine. They they don't need, you know, they they need a lot. Don't get me wrong. They need, they are they are a lot of work. But I think I was putting too much into it. But they need they need you to be relaxed, basically. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They need to be relaxed. So that that would be my take. That's wonderful advice. I hope that there's uh, parents, expecting parents, or parents of of little newborns that can hear this and really, um, you know, take it as as good advice because it's true. It's a it's a wonderful journey, but we need to just chill out a little bit so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah wonderful so in our in our time that is coming to an end is there one takeaway that you would like to leave our listeners with today um i say enjoy it's a really fun ride <laughs> it's a lot of work but they're so worth it i i really enjoy it and you know it's it's hard some days there are days that go by and you know, you feel like you haven't connected. You've been together all day, but you think you haven't connected. So, you know, sit down, call them, tell them, hey, what do you want to do? And, you know, play with them for like 10, 15 minutes and they'll love you for it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Taking the time to play with them. Wonderful. And how can our uh, listeners l- learn more about your work and your uh, art box subscription and stuff? So I currently have two Instagram. Um, I've been on this French mom for two years now. Okay. So there are a lot of things up. It's it's very wide via, via sorry variety. Mm-hmm. It goes from Montessori to bilingual to art to outside. We we really like being outside. So you've got a little bit of everything. And then my other one is Mommy and Me Art Box, and that's just art. 
Okay. That's all you're going to see on there. It's fully art stuff. Okay, so. perfect. So I will have both those links uh, in the show notes for people to continue learning about your work. Thank you so much, Melanie, for making the time to be here and just sharing your uh, personal parenting journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child, or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone, and you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parents if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.